0: What's up? What's happening? Welcome here to lacrosse. Now, Travis Eldridge with you with what is my final lacrosse now. More on that at the end. I don't want to take away from the great college lacrosse and stuff we have to talk about, including some great guests. So if you want to know more, make sure you listen all the way to the end of the show. But we've got some big stuff to talk about. Uh, before we get to that, uh, I'll give you what I'm uh, my top moments from this weekend in college lacrosse. Some really interesting results for both the men and women. So I'll give you my thoughts on that. We also have a couple of terrific guests Loyola goalie Luke Stout coming off another big win for the Greyhounds here early in the season. They're 2 0, ranked sixth in the IL media poll after not really getting much national recognition at the beginning of the year. So we'll talk about that with Luke Stout, uh, the Greyhounds goalie who's off to a terrific start along with the rest of that team. We also have new Cannons Lacrosse Club coach Brian Holman joining us to talk about joining the PLL and what it means for him to be back coaching after some time off since he uh, since he left the the Utah job that he helped start in creating that D1 program. So a couple of terrific guests to get to and then I'll share my news later on. But let's kick off with what we saw this weekend in college Lacrosse because it was awesome. And uh, we're going to start my top moments from the weekend with who I felt like won the weekend. And we're going to start with that Greyhounds team. And it's for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Loyola wins against a rival in Hopkins at home. Another great crowd on hand at Mount Ridley back-to-back wins over Maryland and Hopkins. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that if you're Loyola. Like, you are beaten two blue-blood programs that are right in your region, and you're finding yourself now ahead of both of them in the, in the national polls. Like, this is a dream start for Loyola. But on top of the fact that they start 2-0 after the 13-8 win over Hopkins, they then also watch Maryland beat Syracuse uh, on Saturday – which only bolsters that win over Maryland even more. So on top of the fact that you get a great win, you watch another one of your wins look even better because I I, I do like how Maryland responded after the loss to Loyola in beating Syracuse at home this past weekend. And now you've got a golden opportunity. You travel to Rutgers, a chance to prove that you can take this show on the road after two impressive wins at home, and you find yourselves as the class of the Patriot League at the moment, though the Patriot League had a great weekend. Loyola at the moment has maybe two of the most impressive wins in the country, and they look terrific. We're going to talk to Luke Stout in a little bit about this uh, start for them and, and the defense. But offensively, the thing that stands out to me about Loyola, you look at what they did here at Hopkins. They had six players with two plus points that's really impressive balance and and what it tells you is that if you're trying to prepare for this team well what do you do I mean when you've got an offense that has been spread out like that it creates some difficulties for a defensive coordinator trying to figure out who gets the pole at at the midfield who gets the number one defender you've got guys who are proving that they can do a little bit and and sometimes that the group cumulatively is more impressive than just one star. And so I, I really like what this Loyola team has done. The other thing that I'll be uh, really interested to see now as they look ahead to Rutgers this weekend I mean, this isn't just in lacrosse and a lot of sports. Defense travels, and this is a team that has played great defense and has gotten really good goaltending at home. I think that sets them up for success this weekend. So I'll be looking forward to watching and seeing how they match up with Rutgers. But they, for me, won the weekend because of their win over a rival and on top of that they uh they also get some help from maryland who they just beat a week ago let's go to my most impressive win and for that we're going to go to the penn georgetown matchup talk about athletes we had terrific athletes on display in this game i mean doesn't get much better than the the Quakers, an Ivy League team that obviously has great size and athleticism. Sam Hanley in the midfield, and then you look at Georgetown. You got Graham Bundy in that midfield. You got two first team all all American midfielders on either side in this one. And go figure, it's somebody else that completely steals the show. Cam Rubin goes off for four goals for the Quakers in a kind of a slugfest. Uh, honestly. I could have seen this game going either way. I could have seen it being 16 15 or what we got, which was a 9 7 Slugfest, a defensive battle. Uh, Shout out to Emmett Carroll, who made 18 saves for Penn in goal. He's now kind of waited his turn. He's getting his time for the Quakers and showing up in a big way to kick off the season. I mean, what a way. We, We talked about the Ivy League at the end of last year and how impressive they were. And the reason they got so many teams in to the NCAA tournament is because what they did out of conference. Well, wins like this for Penn, setting up for another similar storyline at the end of this year because that's a, that's a big-time win um, here in a defensive battle. We mentioned Cam Rubin, who goes off for four goals. But to do this, the Sam Hanley is scoring just one goal, and it comes early. I think says a lot about the Quakers. I mean, we knew they were more than just Sam Hanley, but Sam Hanley, deservedly so, getting a lot of recognition here in the preseason. This proves this team as a whole can win in a couple of different ways. They can win scoring a bunch of goals. They can win a defensive battle. I think that's important. And for Georgetown, I think what it proves to us is that continuity. It's going to matter. And I I don't think that I think this Georgetown team is going to be very different at the end of the year than what we're seeing now but with the new off pieces offensively and trying to figure everything out, it just hasn't clicked yet. And they've got more tough tests. They got Notre Dame coming to their place this weekend. So it doesn't get any easier for Georgetown, but for Penn, uh, most impressive win, at least in my book uh, this past weekend Uh, on the women's side, we're going to go for my next two uh, categories here and I'm going to go for biggest weekend. Like who had the biggest weekend? And that has to be the Northwestern ladies. I mean, They go on Thursday at home, they beat Notre Dame with Izzy Skane. I mean, she looks uh, fresh as a daisy after missing last year due to injury. She's picking up where she left off a couple of seasons ago. She scores 10 goals in the win over Notre Dame. And then you watch them beat uh, Boston College on Sunday at their place uh, by one goal where they get a terrific save right at the end to seal off the win. A huge, huge weekend. Northwestern to me is the number three team now in the country. And like I feel like there's a class that has started to create themselves at the top of the women's game. We talked about this a lot last year and I felt like maybe some other teams challenged North Carolina, but North Carolina for most of the year felt like they were a class all by themselves at the top of the standing at the top of the rankings. I feel like there's probably a group of four right now that I think are a step above with a group of three or four that uh, are right there on the doorstep of challenging that top four. I mean, with what we've seen so far, Northwestern a one goal loss to Syracuse and Northwestern a one goal win over Boston College certainly shows that those three teams are right there in the mix um, for that 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 top the upper echelon. So I think you got North Carolina, Northwestern, BC, Syracuse, all in kind of a top tier at the moment. I think Maryland. Obviously, a tough loss for them against Syracuse and the Dome. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but I think they're going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, I think Kathy Reese is going to get this team that's pretty young and inexperienced in different spots. And they've got some new pieces that have come in as well. I think that this team's going to be very different at the end of the year than they are now. So I think they will be there in that, that top tier by the end of the year. And the question for me is Will Stony Brook and Florida? prove that they should be in that conversation as well. Uh, North Carolina with an impressive win over Florida uh, here early uh, in the season to, uh, to, I think, keep them just in that second tier at the moment. So Northwestern, huge weekend. I think they're right there in the top tier of women's teams here in the country. They're only lost to Syracuse by one goal. And speaking of Syracuse, brings me to my last topic here from the weekend. That is, the Syracuse women are number one in my book. Nothing to take away from North Carolina took care of business against Florida, they're undefeated. Good start to the season. But there is no women's team in the country that has two more impressive wins than what Syracuse has done. I know they're both at home, but to be Northwestern to kick off the season and then welcome in Maryland and beat the Terps. They those two wins right off the bat are as good as anybody has in the country and for that that is why they got my first place vote in the inside the cross media poll i think i was one of five who put them in first place over north carolina i think the tar heels are great I, and, there, and this is nothing to do with them it just has to do with what syracuse's schedule has been and the hand that they were dealt early in the season and how they have passed with flying colors in two difficult tests to me they're the number 1 team in the country uh, right now i mean they it, one goal game after a quarter against maryland this past weekend In the second and third, they've run away from the Terps. Megan Tyrell goes off for 11 points. She's certainly living up to the billing as a potential Player of the Year candidate to wartime finalist coming back. She's going to be in that conversation again. And then Meg Carney coming off the injury, four goals to add in. And we talked about this in the preseason. Syracuse needed to stay healthy, which so far, so good. Knock on wood, that that continues. And they needed to get some better goaltending if they wanted to be a Final Four team this year. Well, Delaney Schweitzer, with 13 saves, um, 11 goals against, she does her job. And, I mean, if the offense can put up 20, all you got to do is let up lets. So if you can have double-digit saves and and make some of the ones that you're supposed to make and maybe a couple you're not, with this offense, this team is going to be very, very good. And Delaney Schweitzer, so far this year, is doing that. She made 11 saves against Northwestern last week, just enough to help them get the W. So staying healthy and getting better goaltending. So far, so good for Syracuse. And they have the two most impressive wins uh, on the season to date in the women's game. So that's uh, those are my top moments from the weekend. Um, speaking of top moments so far this year, the Loyola Greyhounds, the talk of the town on the men's side, had a chance to catch up with their goalie, Luke Stout following a impressive 2-0 star. So uh, off to one of the hottest starts of anybody this year is Loyola. We've got goalie Luke Stout joining us now. Um, Luke, we were just talking about it before we get on. Like, you knock off Maryland and Hopkins to start the year. It's tough to get much better than that. How do you best describe the beginning part of the season for you guys?
1: You know, I think – And, you know, like we were saying, especially compared to last year, I I would say it's 110% an improvement. Um, You know, really exciting, you know, anytime you beat a a team like Maryland and then kind of follow it up, you know, against another great team at Hopkins, coach Toomey talked all last week about, you know, how do we handle success? Right. And, and um, you know, that was a big priority for us and it's hard, you know, after beating Maryland having to come back and beat a really good team the following week. And so um I'm just proud of our effort and our focus kind of these last couple weeks and um you know now we've got another really really good team coming up Saturday so it's kind of just kind of replicating what we did and hopefully you know we can kind of build on it yeah I was
0: gonna say it just keeps on rolling you got another Big Ten opponent Rutgers coming up this weekend on the road but I want to take you back because you're going into that Maryland game second career start uh for you and you're playing the reigning defending national champs they haven't lost a regular season game in two years like take me into the locker room when you know you're getting the start it's your game to
1: to try to do this yeah well you know for us it's you know what you you mentioned and and kind of the 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 bear that's in that other locker room you know and then compounded by the fact that you know no one was really talking about us a little bit all off season and rightfully so you know we we didn't we didn't uh, you know do what we needed to do last year so you know kind of all off season we've kind of been waiting for that moment and we had a couple good scrimmages against richmond north carolina you know two great programs and so you know for us it was kind of just like roll the ball out you know we've kind of got nothing to lose so to speak and um you know and and it's just a great opportunity in front of a great crowd and um we we thought we had a really good game plan you know coach Toomey, coach dwan coach van they're so good with with kind of just preparing accordingly on a week-by-week basis and we ha- I think we have a really good mix of young guys vats older guys that have maybe haven't had a chance yet you know and, and I think a culmination of all that stuff we kind of just went out there with a the ball energy and I think we you know we may have caught them off guard a little bit early on I think you know playing great defense um helped my helped me out a lot um and then offensively you know just taking really good shots against a a really strong goaltender and and a great defense in general so um you know the the energy kind of going to that game was was incredible and i thought we followed it up really well like i said against another good team in a really big rivalry game well yeah you hit on something that i i think is so surprising
0: like Most, most years you guys at Loyola do what you did the first couple weeks. It it may be a surprise that you win both, but like, it's not a surprise. Loyola has been a great program. I mean, you guys all were recruited in the Pat Spencer era where this is, was a top five program making championship weekends. So not being talked about, like, how does that propel you guys to wanting to, you know, have Loyola in the national conversation, a place that, I mean, you guys all knew what you were getting into when you picked, picked the school.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's you know, when I committed to Loyola, I, I think we were preseason. I think we were in the top three. That was Pat's senior year. Um, so you know, we kind of um, you know, all the guys here have an expectation, you know, of where Coach Toomey's had us and, and where we need to be. And um, you know, last year and even my freshman year, we you know we made kind of a, a good run towards the end of the year. We didn't we didn't um win the same caliber of games that, you know, maybe we normally did. And so kind of bringing us back to that that standard was was a huge um you know it was kind of our our goal going into this year and um like I said we had some younger guys but they're they're really talented great kids and um coachable and and I think um the culture that coach Toomey's got kind of put in place and has had put in place you know it's it's just about kind of going in and 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 focusing on one day at a time that's kind of what he says and how we take it just each each practice trying to get a little bit better and then all of a sudden you know you got Maryland it goes fast but all of a sudden (laughs) game (laughs) It's maryland's on the sideline. so but yeah it's a good good point uh
0: take me back like uh you know middle school luke stout uh if i were to tell you you were going to beat maryland hopkins two blue bloods back to back what what, what's middle
1: school luke stout thinking (laughs) ah you know i middle school me i would say you know i I probably maybe a little crazy um I, i didn't uh to West Tennessee High School, which obviously is kind of a, is pretty good tradition, and and um, had some excellent players come through. But early on, you know, middle school, elementary, I wasn't really a big lacrosse player. I played a lot of baseball, basketball, football, and I enjoyed lacrosse and I enjoyed playing it. But I, I didn't. Think that maybe I'd be sitting here talking to you, talking about that stuff. So um, it, it, it's it's been pretty surreal in that respect, and you know, I'm happy to keep rolling. You mentioned uh, West Jenny. I mean, you've
0: got the the John Galloways of the world. Like, how did some of those guys that came before you kind of
1: create w- what we see now and with you in the college game? Oh, uh, I mean, well, I, you know, you know, Coach Galloway was somebody that <clears throat> you know when I did kind of really start taking lacrosse seriously in maybe seventh eighth grade, that he was somebody that I looked up to, and um, you know, his play style, his game, I. Wore number fifteen in high school. Um, his goalie coach in high school was my goalie coach in high school, and so we, people have said we play somewhat similarly. Um, but uh, and he's not the only one, you know. i have been so many guys, um, you know, from him to you know Joe Fletcher who came here and and did some really good things, and um, Dylan Donahue who who I work a lot with back home, you know, and and he's running Platform Academy, doing some great things. I mean, those guys, guys that we kind of grew up watching in high school, and then we finally you know got our turn putting the jersey on and uh you know it 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 definitely motivates you you know to do the right thing and, and to uh kind of follow in their footsteps and try you hit on the upstate your thing so why Loyola you know I I think uh you know the recruiting recruiting's is definitely a you know it's a crazy it's a crazy <laughs> journey but I wouldn't have traded it for anything else you know I think at the end of the day, it came down to a few different reasons. Um, it starts with me. It it really did. Um, you know, he he was genuine. you know, and I was lucky to talk to some really good coaches and, and some great people, great universities, no doubt about it. But um, um, but Coach Toomey is super genuine. His track record was is 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 undeniable. You know, his his path, you know, some of the goalies that he'd worked with. Um, and I felt that, you know, Loyola was a place that I could come. You know and be five hours from home and, and 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 kind of have it serve as sort of a second home you know and he would he would you know do what's in my best interest both on and off the field and and, and same for everybody around us so I, I think it kind of started with him um I look at kind of the size of the school I'm a I'm a finance major so the business program was was, was 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 really good um and kind of that culture you know around lacrosse you know we might not be a Ohio State, Penn State, you know, Notre Dame, you know, big football school. But, um, you know, we kind of get a little bit of that effort, but mostly into lacrosse, which is kind of similar to where I, again, West Genesee was kind of a lot similar. So, you know, I felt that home and, um, you know, I, I probably the best decision I could have made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The crowds you guys had uh, at, at Ridley here the last two weeks shows you exactly how much people at Loyola care about the sport of lacrosse. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, when I, in my freshman year was, you know, the COVID year. So there wasn't, you know, fans. And so we, I've kind of been waiting, waiting, waiting. And last year we, all of our, you know, big or early games were away games. So this year was really, you know, our first opportunity to really see, I mean, it's, they're awesome. It's incredible, incredible environment. Um, all right. You mentioned coach Charlie Toomey and he's
0: obviously a goalie himself. So I think it's always a unique situation, the goalie at Loyola playing under him. What, what's it like to have your head coach be so invested and so knowledgeable about your position?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I would say it's twofold. I mean, he's it's, it's, it's incredible, but it's also difficult, you know, um, because he, (laughs) he, he demands perfection and, um, you know, in turn, that makes you that makes you you know a better player and person. To be honest with you, you know, coming in freshman year, um, I also obviously didn't get a senior year of high school, so it was almost like I hadn't played in almost two years, and I almost kind of had to relearn the position, so to speak, if that makes sense. And um, you know, he him coming in, you kind of just breaking my game down a little bit. And you know, at t- the highs are great, and the lows can be frustrating, but no one does a better job than he does, and, and the things that I've learned and. And, um, you know, has is, is, is paid off incredibly. And, and another thing I'd say is, you know, this year, you know, he, just his ability to kind of um, adjust his coaching style to his personnel, especially in the cage, has helped me, you know, more than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, um, I can't say enough about the impact he's had on me, you know, in the cage and off the field yeah it's i mean it, you're right like he has probably
0: more of an eye on your position than maybe any other coach in the country because of is tied to it but i mean hard to find better guys to, to coach it than than
1: him just for you like growing up how did you end up being a goalie so yeah that's a good question so like i said initially i i started out as you know football basketball baseball and, um all of a sudden it was it was winter in, in upstate New York. I was in third grade and my 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 friend's dad was putting together a, a like a rec team and, and called my dad, asked if I wanted to play and, and I guess they needed a goalie. And my dad's like, sure, he'll come, he'll come play goalie. And I was like, What? Really? All right, fine. And I and I I stunk for the first honestly couple of years. I wasn't great. Um and it didn't and it was it was painful, but um you know, eventually I, I was lucky enough to get really good coaching as I got older and, and uh, you know, everything worked out, but it was definitely not your prototypical <laughs> start to to the position. That's for sure. I, I love the origin stories because it's such a crazy position.
0: Like, so I feel like more often than not, it is your type of way. Like somebody needed a goalie,
1: you, you fell in love with it and the rest is history. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's exactly it. And, and then, yeah. And then I was going to West Shen, you know, something I wasn't great at the beginning and I was kind of teetering and I got to give credit to my mom. Said, You're not quitting. You know, you go to West Tennessee, you know, you want you, uh, you know, you want to you know, stick with this. It'll pay dividends. And she was right. <laughs> she was right. Mom's always right. Uh, <laughs> why number twenty one? know I like I said I wore 15 pretty much throughout my whole career and and so I got to Loyola and 15 was taken actually by one of my housemates uh (laughs) and uh and and he he wears it great but I so I was kind of looking and you know I I wore 21 was the number I wore a little bit in in rec basketball um my uncle wore it, you know a little bit when he was in high school um and so kind of looking at that you know keeping that in mind and looking at some of the other options I thought yeah why not You'd go with 21, and it's a cool number? I think it looks good. And so, I had it now, I think three years in college plus the years in rec basketball, if that counts. Um, and you know, it's worked out so far,
0: <laughs> yeah. So far, so good for you. Um, before we talk, uh, quickly here about Rutgers, I got one more fun sure. one for you Mustang Sally. Is that the best name in lacrosse? And I got to ask, like, what you guys call him in practice,
1: <laughs> yeah. For answers, absolutely yes. At least that I've heard. Um, we call him Stang. You know, um, you know that basically that's the big one is Stang. He, I actually live with him, and he, uh, you know, he's such a good teammate. And man, he, he can play offense with these two goals, two goals in two games. Plus, he had some of the scrimmage. He's he's awesome. The name, the name is almost as good as his game. <laughs> Seriously, he's living up to the name. He looks like a Mustang out there with with how he's been going in transition. Yeah. He makes my life a lot easier playing defense and then looking for him <laughs> after a save. He's awesome. He's awesome.
0: All right. We'll leave you here with this, Luke uh, Rutgers. You mentioned it another big 10 team for you. Another big one this time on the road. Like how are you guys feeling this week as you get ready for next weekend?
1: You know, I, we're feeling we're, we're, we're cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I think, like you said, after two big wins against two big 10 teams, you know, you're feeling pretty good, but you know, we have all the respect in the world for Rutgers. <clears throat> Some of their offensive personnel, um, how they're really well coached uh, um, They play fast, you know, that NASCAR know people talk about, and, uh, you know, that was actually for career start last year. I didn't play as well as I wanted to, um, but I, so we're familiar. We're, I think both teams are kind of familiar with each other and they're kind of obviously coming off a loss to a, another tough Patriot league team. So they're going to be, um, you know, maybe their preparation is going to be a little more intense than maybe it normally would. So, you know, like Coach Timmy says, we got to handle success. Um, we've got to practice this emergency, and uh, we're excited to 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 head up New Jersey. It's supposed to be pretty cold too, so <laughs> maybe snowing. So, we got to be ready for that as well. Well, oh, Luke, you've handled success so well, uh, so far,
0: uh, well, so far this season. We appreciate you taking the time. Congrats on the hot start, and good luck here this weekend. Awesome, thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. So from the college game to the pro game, Premier Lacrosse League action picks up this week. We got the PLL Championship Series coming at you starting on Wednesday. We got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, before the semifinals and championship on Saturday and Sunday. Should be a lot of fun to see sixes played at this level with these athletes and these players. And you know what? I just want to say I love what the PLL is doing here. Like, first of all, it keeps – the league uh, on the top of everybody's minds here in February. It's a good time for it. After football has started before March madness, like it's a nice hole to fill in terms of a, a little bit of exposure on TV and on ESPN plus, I think that's smart. Really. I really like that. They're using sixes, but adding the two point arc and some other tweaks, because what it does is it allows world lacrosse, who's clearly going to be watching allows them to see what version of this sport can we get? Like, it's to, like this sport sixes is here. Like it's not going anywhere for the traditionals in the sport. So let's try to make it as good as possible. And I, and that's what I think the PLL is doing here, trying some different rules. How do we make this version of it as entertaining as possible so we can continue to grow the game. So I love what the PLL is doing. I'm very interested to see what the two point arc looks like, how that changes some of the spacing with sixes. Cause I, I think that's one of the things with the, uh, the world games we saw this, past summer the spacing is unique because it it's like basketball without a three-point line like the spacing is different when you have the three-point line and that can stretch the defense out a little bit and create more room inside and it increases the ability to to score from outside and and you got to defend further out as well so I, I really do uh, really like the the idea and I can't wait to see the show that they put on uh, here with the PLL championship series this week. Speaking of the PLO, they got a new coach, Brian Holman. Obviously, the Cannons did not qualify for the championship series, so they'll be watching at home like the rest of us. But I had a chance to catch up with Brian, talking about everything that went into his decision to join this league and join the Canons lacrosse club as head coach, I had a chance to catch up with him. So here's that conversation from this past week. Lucky enough now to be joined by the new head coach and general manager for Cannons Lacrosse Club, uh, Brian Holman. Uh, Brian, happy to have you back coaching. It's going to be a lot of fun to see you back on the sidelines. Just what made this the right move for you
2: in your coaching career? Um, Well, obviously I'm not an engineer, right, with some of the computer technicalities we've had. So uh, (laughs) uh, it's probably the right move because I can't do anything else. So, um, no, but seriously, it it just – you know, just just the uh, the thought, Travis, of, of coaching um, at these players a, in this league at the highest level. I mean, you know, uh, to be quite honest with you, I wasn't really sure I, I would coach again after Utah. Um, and then, you know, to get the phone call from the PLL asking if I was interested, I was extremely flattered uh, and extremely grateful Um and then, again, the thought of, of being able to, you know, teach and, and coach at the highest level was just w- something way too much that, that, I, that I could overlook. So, um, so, yeah, here I am. Uh, we know you're
0: coaching. You've kind of coached all the way up a, a bunch of different levels. The pro game, though, is different. I mean, you probably have a different experience with it, how having your son, Mark, is having played professionally for so long now. What's your feel on what it's going to be like coaching pros compared to college or high school kids?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And that was really the question that, that I had to ask myself um, before I really dove into this is, is, you know, how does this work? Is my style is, 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 is what I'm used to uh, going to be able to translate in, into the professional level? Obviously, you know, we, we're not around each other every day. We're not in the locker room. Guys can't stop into my office and, sit and have a piece of candy and talk about their life but but so so that's a challenge and that's a challenge i'm really excited for because i think it can translate right um you just you know got to use a different method our methodology uh our message we're going to be the same uh, about team uh and culture and unity uh and accountability all those things can be the same they just got to be delivered in different ways right um and i think my advantage if that, if I do have one is, is that I, I do have a son that played and I also had two assistant coaches that played. So I was around Will and Mark and Adam, you know, for four or five years and I could hear all their experiences. I could hear the things that they liked, you know, they talked about the things that they didn't like. And I think, I think I'll be able to, to su- supply or give to our players, you know, some of those things that maybe they were missing. Um, so, uh, yeah, great challenge. And I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the most intriguing things to me. Uh, Cause I was talking about this with Andy Copeland, uh, that back in, in, in the fall and it was the same thing. It's like the, it does feel like a lot of these pro guys, they do want to be coached. It's just a different style in which maybe they were coached when they were
2: 15 to 18 to 19 years old. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the job of a coach, right? It's a, it's the job of a parent. Like you don't, you don't talk to an 18 year old the same way you, you, you talk to your seven year old. And, and, you know, so what I find intriguing, Travis is, is a, that, that, how, how do I get that message across and, and how do we become a team? And I, and again, that's the, that's one of the challenges, but the other one is that's cool to me is, you know, you have kids that just came out of college, right. That are used to structure organization you know their lives were very organized, and and, <laughs> yeah. and they they appreciate it. You have guys that are in their mid twenties that that are starting families, all right, five month old babies, and guys that are getting married, right? So, and then you have guys maybe on the tail end of their career that are that are saying, all right, you know this may be the end, and I'm going to give it all I got, and then, and then they got to figure out what they're going to do the rest of their lives to some degree. So, I find that extremely fascinating and i'm so excited to kind of see where i can help all of those stages in their lives um uh, you know adapt to 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 what's coming at them so so let's talk about the roster because that has to be one of the things you consider when you look at like all right
0: do i want to get into this what does this team look like do i feel like i can build off of this what did you see when you looked at the cannons roster right now
2: um well first of all you're gonna think I'm nuts, but you know me pretty well. I <laughs> yeah. I, I really didn't spend a lot of time doing okay. that because, um, you know, at the end of the day, all these guys are are professionals and they're and they're all really really good at their craft. So whether it was the cannons or the Atlas or the Chrome or the archers, you know, they're they're all really good. So so you know, and I also have seen all these teams play multiple times because not only am I a fan of the archers, but I'm also a fan of the league. So I do watch almost all these games, 90% of them um, outside of just, just watching the archers play. So, so I kind of had a feel for it. So, so to answer your question, I didn't spend a lot of time. What I'm excited about right now is, is this time that I'm spending with our guys Um, getting to know them one-on-one I've had some incredible conversations uh, with the members of of the team. Um, and, you know, as my message to them early is, you know, uh, we're not looking in the back with a rear view mirror. There's a country song out now. I'm a big, I'm a big music fan, but I, I, I like country music a lot. I think this guy with jelly roll, he talks about ripping the rearview mirror off of his truck. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's had a tough past and all he wants to do is look ahead. Right. And you know, that's how I feel about our team is that we're not we're not going to spend a lot of time looking back there. We're going to we're going to focus on what's in front of us, get to know each other at a really high level um, and then see what's forward. But, you know, that being said, I, I do know what we have and I and I have a sense of what what we're what we need. Um, and the players do, too. That's the thing. Right. They 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 they're giving me the message of of, you know, this is who we are. This is what we do well. These are the areas that we need to help in and, and get better at. So I'm listening to them and, and we're going to formulate a good plan coming up and we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the marquee guy that everybody looks at when you
0: see this this organization is, is Lyle Thompson. It, that has to be exciting to be involved in having a chance to coach an offense that involves him. What, what does that feel like? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <I'm looking
2: laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've ever uh, had the privilege of, of coaching one of the world's greatest players. I, I it's, you know, I'm just humbled, uh, honestly. And um I'm excited, you know, to really get to know him as a person. And, and, you know, we've all kind of heard bits and pieces of the story and this, that, and the other. Um, I, I, wanna, I want to, I want, him to get to know me and, and me to get to know him. And and then we'll figure out how that all fits into the the, the puzzle of the, of the cannons team and then the offense. But yeah, I mean, he's a generational uh, player, but I think more so he's a generational young man um, that, that a lot of our guys, you know, should aspire to, to, to be like. So
0: we talk about Marcus and the archers. Uh, I wonder has there ever been a time or when is the last time you ever coached against one of your kids?
2: Wow. Um, you know, I have to say, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what I thought. (laughs) I haven't thought about it. Um, because most of their time growing up, I was coaching them all, all of them. Um, and then, you know, Carolina, uh, Matt, Mark, and Sydney all, all all went there. We were all in the same color, um, so uh, I don't think so. So you've been blessed. Yeah. What's that first <laughs> Archer's game going to be like? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I uh, again, I haven't. I've not spent a whole lot of time thinking about it. But you know, uh, I think it'll be awesome. Uh, I know, I know how competitive he is, and I know how competitive I am. Uh, I know how competitive my wife is, so I'm not sure what (laughs) she's going to do. I think she'll she'll have the issue, probably more so than Mark and I. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, you know, he's my boy and and I love him and I only want what's best for him. And I know that that's what he wants for me. So uh, somebody will be a winner, somebody will be a loser, but we're still going to love each other and and be family. So
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
2: I I have to think that, I mean, because obviously part of the –
0: commitment in coaching in this league is the travel every week for the entire summer. I have to think having Marcus be in all those same locations has to play a a, a part in this. Am I right? Oh yeah.
2: It'll be awesome. You know, right. Instead of watching him on television, I can sit in the stands and, and watch and, you know, and, and, you know, be around and, you know, we, we have a very, we're I'm blessed. I mean, Mark and I have an extremely, uh, it's just an incredible relationship. I have it with all my kids, but, you know, obviously it's different with Marcus because I, I was on the sidelines with him at UNC. You know, he was coaching with me at, at Utah for all those years. So, you know, we have a great appreciation for each other as, as human beings. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll 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 add an extra element to the fun uh, of the whole process for sure.
0: You know, the way college lacrosse is now with the transfer portal and building rosters, I guess it's maybe not quite as non-similar to the pro game as it, it maybe used to be. Well, How have you kind of thought about how you're going to manage going about maybe some free agency and trades and the draft and things that will be approaching here in the offseason?
2: Yeah, good, great question, Travis. That, that That's also one of the reasons that this job really excited me because it is different right? It, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, there are other avenues that, that can allow you to alter your roster, um, and, and, and do it, you know, I don't want to say quickly because nothing that's ever lasting is done quickly. Um, but, but it allows you to make some moves. And, um, so I'm excited about all the avenues, right? The draft, you know, uh, we only have two picks, but so be it. We're going to make the best out of those two picks. Um, I think my familiarity with the college game is going to help me a little bit there, you know, with my contacts and maybe able to find some kids that were undrafted, you know, that, that have ability. Um, The, the free agency is new for everybody uh, this year. I'll be curious to see how that works out. If there really is a big free agent market, because we don't know yet. Right. Um, But there'll be some guys there that, that we'll target. Um, but at the end of the day, it's slow and steady going to win the race. You know, we want to build the cannons around what the cannons are going to be. Right. And and we clearly haven't defined that yet. The type of people we want in the locker room, the style of play that we're, we're, we're going to bring to the league. So as we continue to develop those concepts, then those players will come available to us no matter what. Right. So. Um, so it's, it's a cool, it's a cool aspect of the job for sure.
0: You obviously put a, a lot of heart, soul, your family moved out there to Utah. I, I wonder how much you still keep tabs on that program, knowing what you helped kind of start there and and watching them have a chance to compete in a conference title game this past, this past year.
2: Yeah. It, it, incredible. Um, you know, not kind of, we did, we, we started it right. Like we, 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 we built that baby from scratch and uh, our hearts and souls and lives were put into it. And those kids are, I, I couldn't be more proud. Um, you know, uh, I stay in touch with a lot of them. They, they I got a ton of texts. They know I like the text, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just, I don't, have instagram and all that other stuff so they know not to bother me there but i guess that's probably something i'll probably end up getting into but um (laughs) just just wishing me the best some of those guys are saying hey coach you know i'll be eligible for the draft uh you know this year and and you know there are some kids out there that that i that i you know we're going to take a look at i mean we we they've grown up they're men um but i couldn't be more proud of what they're doing and how they've carried on um, what we tried to instill in them with the style of play and but more so who they are as human beings. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I follow them and I and Drew's done a great job. And, and he'll continue to, to you know, build that program in, in the fashion that that, you know, he knows that it was built on. So, yeah. Well, uh, Brian,
0: we can't wait to see you back on the sidelines this summer in the PLL. We can't wait. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, good luck as you continue to build out this roster. We'll be watching.
2: I appreciate it, Travis. I really do. It's always fun to talk to you, and you do a a really good job for our sport. Um, I know where your heart and you're dedicated to it, so I appreciate the time.
0: Appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Brian Holman for taking some time. I'm really excited to see him back on the sidelines now in the pro game coming up this summer. So as I announced at the start of the show, today is my last lacrosse now. The plan is for me to still call college lacrosse games for the rest of the season here for Lacrosse TV, but today, my final day working full time at this network. You know, it's a bittersweet feeling. I'm excited for what's next here with me in my career, but I've spent more time at this place than any job I've ever had. I had a lot of life happen here I lived out some of my ultimate dreams, both personally, and professionally while I've been at this place. I'll forever be grateful for the opportunities I've had. You know, never in a million years did I think the sport of lacrosse was gonna take me all the places it has during my time here. Never did I think it was gonna become such a big part of my life, but here we are. As so many have figured out when they're introduced to this sport, it is such a powerful vehicle to take you places you've never been. For me, it simply has been awesome. Just over seven years ago, I took this job, having only a moderate understanding of the sport of lacrosse and really no idea about this community I was about to join. Since that time, I've learned this sport is full of some really special people, people that welcomed me, even as a bit of an outsider at the beginning. All I've wanted to do since I first stepped on our set in the old studio was do the sport justice and hopefully inform and entertain the people in I feel like I've done that to the best of my ability throughout my time here. I have too many people to publicly thank, but I do want to mention a couple of groups of people before I go. First, my bosses here at the network, Chris Day, Rob Wallace, and Dave Gross. Thank you for believing in my abilities from the very beginning and giving me so many great opportunities with some incredible assignments, and it's taken me places I never thought I'd go. To all the coaches and players, from pro to college to elite high school products, uh, prospects, thank you. Uh, We've had so many people give up their time to come speak with us here on the network. And I said it a lot through these last seven years, but we really do appreciate each and every time that you came on and all the time you gave us to talk with us about the things you had going on in your career. Getting a chance to help share the stories of your team's individual accomplishments and all that been some of my favorite things of doing this for a living. I really, really do appreciate it. But most importantly, To all the viewers, thank you for consuming our content. Thank you for subscribing at the very beginning. Thank you for sticking with us through those turbulent broadcasts. Thank you for watching. As I said before, I'm not going far. It's just going to be a little different, and I wanted everybody to know. Lacrosse community has meant a lot to me over my time here, and I'm really happy that I've had a chance to be part of it. So that's all the time we have for lacrosse now this week. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and watch. And I hope you'll continue to follow along with lacrosse TV as the network continues to move forward, just without me in this role. And uh, I'm excited to see you for some awesome games we have for you for the rest of the spring.